are right in the middle of a series talking about um, talking about the supernatural. The Lord spoke to us um, this year. Man, I, I'm just amazed. I was I was praying about this this week, and the Lord was showing me some of the steps He's taken us on. And man, this I mean, this just blessed me. Uh, just just listening and what or just watching really uh, how the Lord how the Lord is working this out and and uh, and just step by step. But but the Lord spoke to us. Um, you know, at the end of last year and said that 2019 was going to be a year of the supernatural, that it would be a year that, uh, that, we, that we walk in the supernatural, that the supernatural will become just like our, our normal natural. And that's the way that God wants us to live. And we've defined the supernatural simply, uh, there's a lot more to it and we've talked a lot more about it, but basically in a nutshell, you could put the supernatural as, you could say that the supernatural is just um, anything that God is involved in. You know, if God is involved in it, then it's going to be supernatural. It's going to be above our natural. Because God is always going to do more. You know, we, we've heard the saying that, that if your dream or vision, if you can accomplish your dream or vision um, without God's help, then it probably is not from God. Right? I mean, because, you know, God stretches us. He, he, uh, he wants us to depend on Him. And, you know, all throughout the Bible we see God. We've looked at different examples uh, in the in the last few weeks, but we've looked at different examples how that God God uses men and women, but He does it with His ability coming through them, and that you know He's never going to just tell you just go do just go do it in your own power and you don't need me because we know that if you do that if if you're doing it in your own strength and your own ability the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to get puffed up in pride. It's going to be look what I did I, look what I can accomplish I accomplished this I did this. And you're going to expect people to pat you on the back. You're going to expect people to, to, you know, to talk about how great you are. But how many of you know that, that when, you, when, when you allow God to do something through you that you know that you couldn't accomplish without Him, you, know, you can't take the glory for that. You can't take the credit for that. You have to tell people, look, that's all God. <laughs> you know, I, there's no way I could have done that without His help. So, so we've defined the supernatural just simply as you know, anything, that, anything that God is involved in. When we allow God to work in any part of our life, it becomes supernatural. And, and that's the reason we said that, that we're wanting to walk in that like our new natural because we want God in every, or I want God, I'll, I'll rephrase that, and I, I believe you would say this as well, but I want God to be involved in every area of my life. I don't, I don't want there to be one area in my life where God's not involved in. Amen? I mean, I want Him in every part of my life, helping me make every decision, helping me make every choice I make. You know, I want Him to be the key, the, the number one thought that I have. Amen? So, so that is the supernatural. And, and we've talked about, the, we started out talking about how that if we're going to receive anything from God, it has to be by faith. You know, we're not, the Bible tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God. That, that you know, if it's not by faith... Then, then we're not going to, you know, we're not going to receive anything from God without faith. And we, we looked at that. Then, then we, we started talking about uh, one of the main ways that faith is released, and it's by our, our words. And we went from faith into the power of our words, the importance of our words, the importance of, of saying the right thing, of talking the right thing, of, of using our words as tools, not, you know, uh, uh, it's amazing how how careless we can get with our words. And we say things that we don't mean. We we say things that hurt people without even thinking about it. And you know, just just for example, this this week I was uh, this happened a couple weeks ago, but but I was watching something and it came back up, but 
you know, one of the, you know, one of the new uh, elected people in the Congress or whatever made some comments, and, and you know, and it just went, it, it, you know, it went, of course, with the news media and everything, it just went crazy. And the, and the leader of the party made, th- made this statement. The leader of that, that particular party that this person was in made the statement and said, this person just didn't understand the power of their words. You know, now, because, listen, here's, here's, now, here's the reality. I mean, and that really, to be honest with you, that was a true statement because when you, when you are, when you are just in a group of friends, if you're with three or four of your friends and, and you're just hanging out and you're just having a good time, you're out, you know, maybe go out to supper or you're going out, you know, just having a fun afternoon or something or evening and, and you're just hanging out with your friends, you can say things and, you know, and whether they're right or wrong, most of the time your friends will just laugh at it and just not even think much about it. You know, if it's not something real, really bad. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. You can, you can get by with saying little things and, and maybe, maybe not, you know, make, not make that big of a stir. But then what would happen if you took that little thing and, and it got, you're standing in front of a thousand people or even standing in front of a group of, of you know, you get up in front of a church or up in front of a, a group of people and make that same statement. Well, somebody's feelings, it might affect somebody. It might hurt somebody's feelings. It might, it might affect them a different way. And there might be a little bit of a ripple there. And, it, you know, you might get some backlash. But then think about if you said that same thing and the TV cameras were on you and the news media got it. And now it's on 24-7 and everybody's talking about it. And it's being broadcast all over the world. You see, it's the same words, but your audience is all, makes all the difference in the world how people are going to react to it. You know, whether you're standing in front of two people or whether you're, whether you're being broadcast to two billion people, amen, or, you know, two million people or whatever. You know, so, so, you know, her statement, that statement of her saying that she didn't understand the power of her words, that was probably a true statement that she hadn't really thought about the fact that my words are being broadcast all over the world and, you know, I have to be more careful with the words that I say. You know, whether they were right or wrong, whatever it is. But, but that, to me, that just stood out as a prime example of what we're talking about, about the power of your words. And then last week, we, we kind of shifted gears a little bit more, and we started talking about how that one of the main problems that, the, that people are having, that, that many churches, many Christians have, is that they have an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. And because they don't know who they are, they're saying the wrong things. And because they're saying the wrong things, they don't really have the faith to believe that those things are going to come to pass. And it's almost like a stair step. If you don't know who you are and you don't, you don't understand the position you're in, you don't understand where God has you right now, then your words are not going to match up to that. And if your words don't match up to that, then it's not, you're not going to have faith to see the things that God wants to, to happen in your life come to pass. Amen? And, you know, so last week we, we started looking at the, you know, our identity. We started seeing and started looking at the Scripture in John 16 where it said that, it said that God, that Jesus said that He chose us and that He wanted us. And, you know, the first thing you have to understand about your identity is this, is that you are loved, that you are chosen, that you are accepted. I handed a, I gave a handout out last week about... Uh, you know, who you are, who am I? And, and, you know, it was front and back. It had, had front and back on it, you know, who am I and since I'm in Christ. And, you know, and, and these are just things to remind us, to remind you and to remind me of who we are. This morning I handed out, uh, you should have got one with your bulletin. I put one in every bulletin, but this is another little pamphlet that's real similar to that one, but, 
But this is, uh, came from Eagle Mountain Church. And uh, Miss Doris used to hand these out. I, I, I just happened to find my laying on my desk, and I thought, man, this is perfect. But Miss Doris loved, she, she always get these things, she would always hand them to me and want me to make copies of them, but, but um, you know, and hand them out to different people. But I love this one because, this one in particular, because, and I used to do this a lot, but I hadn't really done it in a while, but uh, John Osteen, one of, you know, one of, uh, a great minister uh, from, from a while back, he used to make a confession, and actually his son Joel Osteen, um, you know, still makes that today, but his dad made the confession popular. And, and you know, before every sermon, he would hold up his, he would hold up his Bible and, and, you know, and I can still hear, I can still hear John Osteen saying today in that old country, Texas draw, you know, and, but he, but he would hold his Bible up and, and the confession would say this. He says, I am who the Word of God says I am. I have what the Word of God says I can have and I can do what the Word of God says I can do. You know, and there was more to it as well. But this, but, but this, um, this pamphlet really actually, I think it's probably drawn up from that because on the front page it says, uh, whatever the word of God says I am, I am. And then the middle says, whatever the word says I have, I have. Whatever the word says I can do, I can do. You know, so, so this is just scripture reminding us of who we are, what we have, and what we can do. If you, if you don't know your identity, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you have, and you don't know what you can do, then you would never confess these things. And if you don't confess these things, then you would never have faith to see these things come to pass in your life. Amen. So you can see the progression here that it takes faith. It takes faith to speak the right things. And as you speak the right things, then you start to see those things happen. And you can go either way with it. You can go faith, speaking, and, and the reality of it. Or you can figure out who you are. Then you can start speaking it. And then you can have faith to see it come to pass. But, you know, but I, wanted to, I just wanted to put this in your hand as well. And there's some more scriptures on the back about, or Psalm 112 is on the back. And, uh, but this, but I just, you know, I want to put things in your hands. I want to give you resources. Now, here's, here's something. I've done the work for you, right? So it didn't cost you anything. It didn't cost you time. It didn't cost you money. You know, I gave you two handouts in the last two weeks that if you, that if you had to go through and, and look and, you know, study this out for yourself, it would take, you know, hours and hours and hours of research and, and studying to do. So I've, I've done this for you. So I love Keith Moore. Keith Moore is one of my favorite ministers and. He's got a uh, his tape club, his or CD club. We call it used to call them tapes, but uh, <laughs> but they're CDs now, and even MP3s now. CDs are even going out now, so it's all MP3 digital. But but uh, but the Lord the Lord spoke to him and told him to give all that away, you know. And, and but he has this saying in there. He says he he'll always be talking about how they give their stuff away, and he'll make this statement. He say, if it's free, there's no excuse. Because people always use the excuse, well, well, I just don't have the time. I don't have the money. Well, guess what? You didn't cost you anything, and I took the time and did it for you. So guess what? There's no excuse. So you've got it in your hand now, so use it. Right? I mean, you know, so, so there's no excuses. So let's open up here to uh, Matthew 16 today. And I want to I just real quickly just touch on the fact of, um, of looking at what happens what happens when we get a revelation of who we are? What happens when we get a revelation of who we are? The question of, you know, uh, th this was uh, Jesus talking to his disciples here. And in, in uh, Matthew chapter 16, in verse number 13, is where we'll pick up this morning. Matthew 16, 13. And it says this, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, 
He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, his disciples answered and said, Some of you, or some say that you are John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But so, so he was asking them, you know, what are you guys hearing? Who, who is everybody talking about me? You know, what's everybody saying about me? Who do they think I am? But then he, he, changes, he changes the perspective on it, and he asks this question. In verse seven, or 15, he says this, And Jesus said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? You see, it's, it's one thing to talk about what everybody else believes. But Jesus turned it around on them, and he said, but who do you say that I am? You see, because the reality is this. People could talk about you. People could run you down. People could, could say all kinds of things about you. But unless you agree with that and unless you believe that, what you say is much more powerful than what anybody else says. What everybody else says, in, in reality, what everybody else says doesn't matter a bit to you. It shouldn't matter a bit to you. Now, we all like to be liked, and we all want people to like us. And, and yeah, I mean, so, so we try to be friendly. We try to be nice to people because, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if you want friends, you've got to be friendly, right? And, you know, so, so, you know, we do, you know, from, from the natural standpoint, we do care what people think about us. But what I'm talking about is this. I'm talking about from a spiritual standpoint, it doesn't matter what other people say. What matters is what you are saying. What matters is what you believe. What matters is how you see... Now, Jesus asked the question, who, who do you say that I am? You know, he was asking, them, asking the disciples who they thought Jesus was. But I'm kind of turning this around this morning, and I'm asking this question. Who do you say that you are? Because see, really, to be honest with you, it's the same question that Jesus asked his disciples. And I'll, I'll, I'll show you why it's the same question in just a moment. But Jesus, he asked the question, okay, guys, who, who do people say that I am? Well, you're, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're one of the prophets. But then Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Now, watch this. And it says, Jesus said, who do you, who do, but who do you say that I am? In verse 16, it says, and Simon Peter, Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, that was, that was a mouthful. You know, I mean, with him saying that, and Jesus answers, and, and, he, and he explains that very, that very fact. Jesus said this in verse 17. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. That Barjona was just his, his given name. Um, and he says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So we could say it this way. Jesus told him, if we were talking about it in, that, in 2019 terminology, we could say that Jesus could say this, and it wouldn't change the, the meaning at all. Jesus would say, Simon Barjona, you're exactly right. You didn't think of that in the natural. That came supernaturally. Because what did he say? He said, you, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but that came from where? From my Father... In heaven, and we, we, we've defined the supernatural as being anything God is involved in. So what Jesus told Simon, he said, Simon, you're exactly right. He said, that, he said, that revelation didn't come from your natural brain. He said, that was a supernatural revelation. Aren't you glad that God can give us supernaturally the wisdom we need for whatever, we're, whatever situation we're in? Amen. 
So he told him, he said, listen, he said, he said, but my Father, which is in heaven, gave that to you. So it came supernaturally. Now, notice what happens when, when things start happening supernaturally. When, when Jesus said that, you know, Peter, you got that supernaturally, notice what happens here. Verse 18, he says, And I say unto you, you are, that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what happened when Jesus, when Jesus told him, he said, Simon, he, because everybody called him Simon up to that point, he said, he said Simon Barjona, he said, when you, get, when you get a supernatural revelation of who I am, he says, it will change your identity. And he said, you're not going to be called Simon anymore, but now you're going to be called Peter, which was a rock, or is really a pebble is the, is the correct terminology of it, meaning that it was a little, a little rock off of a big rock. And, and he made the statement, he said, and upon this, and he says, upon, and upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, of course, some people have taken that and said, well, oh, well, he said that Peter would be the, the, the rock that he was... What Jesus was saying was this. The revelation of who Jesus was was the revelation that his church would be built on. He didn't say that his church would be built on Peter. He said the supernatural revelation is what his church would be built upon. And when you get a supernatural revelation, I'm telling you, it will change who you are. And you'll go from just being, being Simon, just which meant... Um, I can't even remember what the word Simon means now. I didn't write it down. But, but he changed it from just being Simon to now he was a rock. You know, he was, he was somebody who, he was somebody who, um, who could be trusted. He was somebody who, who he could take, who God could, could use to do great things through. So Jesus told him, because of that supernatural revelation, your identity is being changed. Here's what I want you to see this morning. When, when I ask you the question, who are you? If you answer naturally, see, because a lot of times people will say things like, um, you know, well, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just a nobody. You know, you think of the story of Gideon. We've talked about that before. But Gideon was somebody who, when an angel showed up, he called him, the angel showed, called, called Gideon a mighty man of valor. And what did Gideon do? He started saying, oh, no, I'm the least of the least of the least. You know, I'm a nobody. I'm this, I'm that. And, and the angel had to do some convincing to get Gideon to, to show him who he was. I was, uh, uh, I've been having some people come in and give me some quotes and stuff for some things we're thinking about doing. And, uh, and one of the guys that came in, uh, you know, he, 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 we walked around and talked about some things. And, and then when he left, he told me, he said, uh, he said, man, he said, I, I'm out of business cards. He said, I'm just going to write my name on a piece of paper and hand it to you. And he said, if you got any questions, you know, whatever. So I said, that's fine, you know. So he just handed me a, handed me a piece of paper. And, you know, and like, like this morning, I just, I did, I, I was going to bring that piece of paper, but I left it on, on my desk. But this morning, I just took, I took me a little, uh, sticky note. And, you know, like if I go to introduce myself to somebody, uh, I could, I could write my name and I wrote my name, you know, Pastor Stephen Braswell, Destiny Bible Church, drew a little church and drew, drew a little stick figure with holding the Bible, you know, and, and here, this is who I am. You know, here, this is me. And see, sometimes people get, people, you know, and this might be good for some people, but how many of you know that if, if, you, if you were talking to a professional and you were interviewing for a job or you, you were in front of a real important person, this probably wouldn't fly too well. You know, handing them a little, a little stick figure and just a handwritten note. Now, 
You know, I could, I could pull, I could pull my wallet out and I've got some business cards, you know, which look a whole lot better than my handwritten note. And it's got the name of the church on it. It's got my name, my phone numbers. You know, you could give this to somebody and it adds a little bit of credibility to it. You know, but guess what? You know, we're, we're going to take the trip here in a couple months. You know, if I go into the airport and, and I go into the airport and I give them this and I say, here, this is who I am. They're going to look at me and say, sorry. You know, I need, I need something better than that. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. This is all true. But you know what? Sometimes they need something a little bit better, a little bit more with more credentials, a little bit, a little bit more secure than this. So, you know, if I'm just flying locally or flying, you know, domestically, then I could just give them my license. And now, even your license now... They're changing that to where you have to have a, a, what they call what a real ID, you know. And if you don't if you don't have upgraded license, you know, come what is it next year or next year I believe. If you don't have upgraded license by next year, you you won't even be able to get on an airplane because you know. And and what that upgraded license does is it vets and it, and it checks your background and it does all this stuff and it I mean a lot of other stuff with it, but. You know, but what that what that real ID means is that they've done some investigation, and you are really who you say you are. But now, even further than that, if I'm going to fly international, you know, my license by itself won't work. Now you got to have a federal a federal uh, documentation. I know I'm, I'm just saying a federal documentation, and it's a passport. You know, and and you got to give them that now to go through a passport. You have to fill out a big long application. We just we just filled one out for Joshua because he's he's going on a missions trip real soon and and you know so he had to have his passport. So we filled like four paper four pages of information out and asked all kinds of stuff and and had to take it to an official to get them to sign it. To you know we had to sign it in front of them and had to have all this doc, birth certificate and driver's license and you know and I mean all kinds of stuff you had to have with it. And you know, for an official thing. And see, every time, every time you go to another level, it takes it takes more credentials. Now think about this. When we're talking about spiritual things, now that's all natural. That 100% of that's natural. All you know, all of that stuff we just talked about is all natural stuff. There's always a correlation between natural and supernatural. So what do you think happens in the supernatural when when the enemy comes and, and starts asking us, who are you? You know, who do you think you are? And then we pull out, well, we pull this out. Well, my mama said, my mama said, let's see, what was her favorite verse? My mama said, John 3.16, that's who I am. You know, and you don't know it, you don't, you don't have it in your heart. It's kind of like, well, just my, my mom and them used to say this. Well, guess what? That ain't going to get you very far. You know, you're going to get run over in the Spirit. Well, you could go. You could go a little bit more. And you could say, man, I, I remember as a kid, I, I read, a, I, I remember, I memorized a verse. And you might even quote the Ten Commandments. You know, you might be able to quote some of the some of the most popular verses. You know, and and you memorize them, and you can say it, and you got it down on. You know, you you got it in here, but yet they don't really mean much to you. You just got them memorized. Well, that's a little bit better than just saying "Mom and them said." Or 
you could pull out maybe your license, like, you know, going the next level, and you could start saying, well, now I'm learning this. I'm, I'm just getting, I'm new to this, but, but I'm learning. Now here's what the Word says. You know, take me just a second. Let me look it up. I, let's see. I know Pastor said that was in there somewhere. I'll look it up. You know, da, da, da. It might take me a few minutes, but then I find it and I read it. <clears throat> or you could go all the way to, to having the official uh, passport, so to speak, of the Spirit, to where when the enemy shows up on your doorstep, you've got, he, you've got his word hidden in your heart. And he comes and says, who do you think you are? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you very much. I know who I am. I'm the redeemed. You know, I, I'm an overcomer. That's who I am. And I'm the one that stomps you on your head and tells you to get out of here. So get. Well, you see, every time, every time you go to another level, it brings more authority. But if you don't know... You know, you drop all the way back down to just a little handwritten stick figure notepad drawing, and you're going to get run over in the Spirit. And you're going to have to have somebody come along and grab your hand and pull you along to help you a little bit. And you know what? We all started here. You know, we all started with this. And as we grew a little bit, we got up to this. And as we grew a little bit more, you know, we got an official document, so to speak, you know, to where we started getting some word in us. We started learning how to, how to go to the word, learning, learning how to find the scriptures, learning how to look things up in the word and, and get in the word. And then when it gets so real to you that you realize this is a way that I have to live the rest of my life, I've got to have God involved in my life and I need to have his word in my life. Just like the psalmist David said, you know, David said, I hide your word in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. And then when you get to that point, when, when, and, the, and David, the psalmist, he says, oh, your word is like honey. You know, it's sweet to taste. You start loving to dig into the word and loving to get scripture and memorizing it. And even if you can't memorize it, you, you, you know, you know where it is and you, you've got an understanding of the word. Then the more you do that, the more you get God, the more you understand who you are, the more authority you're going to have. Now listen. If you show up, if you show up to the airport to fly international with this, you know, you ain't got nobody to blame but yourself. Because you know what? Before you before you take any type of trip, before you go anywhere, it's good to do your research. It's good to, to figure out what am I going to need when I show up there? You know, what am I what do I have to have to get through this? And, you know, so if you show up just with a little stick figure drawing, then you can't blame it on somebody else. You can't blame, well, well, they didn't tell me that. Well, they're going to look at you and say, I don't, I don't know who they are, but it don't matter. That's what you've got to have. You know, so, so for us, we ask the question, when I ask you the question, who are you? If you can't tell me who you are in the Spirit, if you don't know who you are, then you know what? You ain't got nobody to blame but yourself. Because we have a book, we have a book right here that is full of information that tells you who you are. Amen. Amen or oh me, I mean, whichever one you want to say. And, you know, we have to get in this Word for ourselves. Listen, I can't do everything for you. Now, I did a lot for you just by doing these two pages right here. But you know what? I can't make you read this. 
I can't make you study this. I can't make you want to get this and to get it on the inside of you to where you start talking about, man, I am loved. You know, I am the light of the world. Man, I need to, I need to start acting like that. You know, I am, I am a new creation in Christ. You know, and start understanding who you are in Christ. Because, see, what happens was this. Man, I ain't got anywhere this morning. Let's turn to let's turn to Romans real quick. <clears throat> Y'all had me talking, going all kinds of rabbit trails this morning. Romans chapter. Let's go to Romans chapter five. And we'll just start reading in verse number six. Well, I tell you, I ain't gonna have time to do that. All right. Let me let me just let me just say this because I, I'm, I'm, if I start that it'll take me a lot longer than I got. Turn to turn to Philippians. Let's do this. Turn to Philippians three. <clears throat> Philippians chapter three. I'll blame it on BJ and Katie. They took too long in announcements this morning, <clears throat> and they weren't even here. That's pretty bad, isn't it? <clears throat> Now look at this, in Philippians, <clears throat> you know, in, in Philippians here, Paul is giving the example of, of, of himself uh, as far as, you know, his accomplishments, what he was going through, and that's the, the famous scripture where he says, you know, that he counted all the things that he had done, all of his, his pedigree, his, all of his education, everything, he counted it as dung, and he, you know... Uh, for the you know for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, and he talked about how important the knowledge of just the knowledge of knowing Jesus was much more important than all the natural things that he had that he had been through. But then in verse number nine he says this, and I love this statement. In verse number nine in the King James it says this, and to be found in Him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Look at the, uh, put the Amplified up there in that verse. The Amplified says this, that I may actually be found and known as in Him. What I want to talk about the rest, the rest of the day and probably next week is I want to talk to you about understanding that you are in Christ. Now, we say that a lot. And we talk about that a lot, and we, and we can say, yeah, I'm in Him, I'm in Him, I'm in Him. But if I were to ask you, what does that mean? Can you tell me why you're in Him? Can you tell me what benefits you have because you're in Him? You know, I mean, what's the purpose of being in Him versus of being out of Him? I mean, what, you know, what is the, what's the whole purpose of that? Well, a lot of people probably wouldn't be able to answer that. You know, we, a lot of times, and, and guys, and you've, you know, the Lord spoke to me a couple years ago and told me that I needed to slow down and start teaching a lot more just general stuff because in, in, in the Christian church, so much of the time we throw these phrases out there and we think everybody understands it, but very few people in reality do. And, and, and so many people are lost. You know, so many people, it goes over their head that they walk out just not even having received anything that day. Because, you know, people are talking about up here, and, and how many of you have ever been in a meeting or been somewhere or been in a classroom or something, and they're talking about things you have no idea about? You know, they're talking way up here, and you're down here thinking, okay, wait a minute. 
you know, tell me, back up here, you know, for three years and let me let me figure this out, you know. And and you know, so so we want I want to make sure, you know, that's the reason we took the time to talk about faith again. We took the time to talk about your words again, you know, because I know people. Sometimes people say, and I've had people tell me, Pastor, you know, you talk about that all the time. You talk about this all the time. Why don't you do something new? Why don't you talk? You know, but I'm like, you know, well, because we hadn't got this yet. You know, when we get this, we can move on to something else, you know. And, and it's evident by the way people live their, live their lives that, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Christians don't have the basics. They don't understand the basics of Christianity. So, so when we talk about being in Christ or in Him, what does that really mean? Paul here said this when he wrote to the church at Philippi. He said, he said that I may actually be found and known as in Him. I want to be found in Him. Every part of my being, everything that I want to do, when people see me, I want them to see Him. I want to be known as somebody that is in Christ. I don't want to be known as somebody that has a great intelligence or a great, you know, a great understanding of this or that or something. I mean, I could care less about that. But what I do want people to know is when they leave me, when, when I have an encounter with somebody, when I talk to you, I want you to walk away knowing that you, that, that, you know, that you just had a conversation of somebody that was in Christ. Because if it's just me, I can't help you very much. But you know what? If you, if you find somebody that's in Him, you have all the help you need. Because He is involved in it. It's supernatural. So he says, he says I, Paul said, I want to be actually found and known as in Him. Not having any self-achieved righteousness that, be, that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands. Rit, uh, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God thus acquired. In other words, Paul said, I don't want to do anything where people look at me and say, oh, that's just, you know, how many people, you know, you hear this statement, oh, that's just because that's Jesus. You know, oh, he did that because that's Paul. We see, that's exactly the thing that Paul said he didn't want people looking at him saying. Paul said, I don't want people looking at me saying, oh, you're just doing that because you're just Paul. You have the pedigree. You have all the education. You have, you know, you came from the right, you had money. You had opportunity. You had this. You had that. Paul said, no, I count all that stuff as trash. He said, the one thing I want people to know and where I want to be found is I want people to know that I'm in Him. And I don't want nobody to look and think that I've done this in my power. He said, I want everybody to know that it's God working in me and through me. It's the only reason that, I've been, and that I'm able to do what I do. And I think that's, you know, that's a good place to start when we start talking about being in Him. Now next week we'll look at Romans 5 and 6. And I encourage you to, I'll give you some homework this week. Go read Romans 5 and 6. Because Romans 5 and 6 talks a lot about, uh, you know, Adam and the, and because of Adam, the sin entered into the world. But because of Jesus, righteousness came in and grace came in. You know, and if and if Adam by one by one man's sin, if Adam can screw it up as bad as he did, by one man's obedience, Jesus fixed it. Amen. And because of that, because of the way Jesus fixed it, we're now in him. And we're not in ourselves. Because we were when God sees us, see, here's the reality of who we are. 
And this, sometimes this, this is not something that you get just overnight. You have, I mean, you really have to, to, to meditate on this and think about this because this is almost, it's really almost too good to be true. Because when God sees us, when God looks at you and when He looks at me, he, he doesn't see one of my mistakes. He doesn't see one of your mistakes. Why? Because you're in Him. If, if, you, if you have a relationship with Him, if you are, quote-unquote, what we call a Christian, you know, and I, I use that term lightly because, because there's, people, there's people all over, all over the world that call themselves Christians that live like everything but one. Amen. I'm talking about having a having a true relationship with Jesus and allowing allowing that relationship to dictate how you live your life. Because if you have an encounter with Jesus and you have a relationship with him, you won't live like you used to live. Your life will be changed. Amen. But but Paul said but you know but Paul was talking about, you know, Paul was talking about the difference that Jesus makes because he makes Jesus makes all the difference. So we are, you know, we are in Him. We are in Christ. And we have to understand that because we are in Him, we see things different. Going back to, I lost my train of thought, but I, the Lord just gave it back to me. <laughs> when, when God sees us, He doesn't see our mistakes. He sees us, he sees us as perfect. He sees us as, he, he looks at you the same way He looks at His Son. He loves you. Now listen, this, this statement will blow you away. He loves you as much as He loves Jesus. I, that, that statement still rattles me. How? How can He love me, who's made so many mistakes and failed Him so many times, how can He love me the same way He loves His Son? But the Scripture tells us because we're in Christ, that's the way He sees us. I love, um, we had the memorial service for uh, Melinda, Melinda's dad uh, Thursday. And I love the statement. She, I read a statement from her and, and, uh, in, one of the, in her statement in her, uh, or in her thing that she wrote that I read for her in the memorial service. She said that, that she never heard uh, Terry was her stepdad, but she said she never heard the term stepdaughter mentioned by him or by any of his family. She said because he looked at her like her daughter, his daughter. And and how much that meant to her. And you see, that's the way God looks at us. He doesn't look at us as something secondary. When he sees us, he sees it just like he sees his son. Because we're in him. What Jesus did... It, it took care of everything so that we could be put, so that we could get what we could get everything that Jesus had, that He gave it to us, and He took everything we deserved, and He paid the price for it. You see, you're not gonna, you're not just gonna read that one time and get that. That takes some meditation. That takes, that takes some, some soul searching to really walk in that reality. Because because that is too big, that is too good to be true. That somebody would that somebody would, would take your place, take what you deserved, and give you freedom. 
and give you all the blessings, give you all the, all the, the benefits of being a son of God. And Him take all the, 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 you know, the punishment and everything for all your mistakes. But because we are in Him, and listen, the reality, here's the reality. Just because it's in this book, just because it's in here doesn't mean it's going to be in your life. It's in you, and you have the opportunity and the, and the privilege to believe it, to speak it, and to live it out. But if you ignore this, and you ignore His Word, and you don't have faith in it, and you, don't, and you speak something opposite of this, you won't experience hardly anything that's in this book. It's not God's best. We, people struggle all the time. Well, why did this happen? Why did that happen? You know, why did God allow this? Why? You know, it's not that God allowed it. It's that, you know, that we, that we don't take advantage of what we have. T.L. Osborne uh, coined the phrase, or he's the first one I heard say it, and I think he's got a whole book out on it. But, but T.L. Osborne, uh, he was the first one I heard say it anyway, say that he, he made this statement. He said, he said, it's like when you get born again, he said, it's like little I moved out and big Christ moved in. You know, when, when Jesus, when you got born again, it's, you know, broken down, you moved out and, and healed Jesus moved in. You know, poor you moved out and all the riches of heaven moved in. Scared you moved out, and no fear Jesus moved in. You know, he, Jesus replaces everything that's negative with a positive. Yeah. Amen. But we have to know, we have to understand, we have to, we have to go from, we have to go from this little, uh, from the little sticky note, you know, to a, to a business card, to a license, to a passport, so to speak. It's a progression. And you're not going to get it overnight. You know, it's going to take it's going to take some. Now, thank the Lord for supernatural supernatural revelation that He can drop in your spirit just like that. And you can you can walk out of here knowing things that you had no idea about when you walked in. Supernatural. We're talking about supernatural, right? Well, that that takes years of learning. No, listen, the Lord can drop it in your spirit just like that. And you can have an understanding of things that you that you in the natural there's no way you could have known about. That's the way God works. But if it doesn't drop supernaturally like that, then there's a part you play. And even if it does drop supernaturally, you still have a part to play in it. What's that part? You got to renew your mind constantly. You got to take His Word and you got to replace it. You got to replace every fear, every thought. Every, every anxiety, every, every worry, you replace all of that with His Word. Well, I'm just, I'm just so scared to, to, you know, to do this or to do that. But, you know, the doctor may have said this or the bank said that or, or you, know, the, you know, this, this, this. No, you, see, you've got, to start, you've got to start seeing things. You've got to start understanding who you are. And if you're a son of God, then guess what? Your daddy, Father God, is bigger than anything you'll ever face. So why worry? Why be in fear? If I understand that I'm in Him, I tell this story all the time. But I mean, but you know, I mean, it, it bears repeating. When I was uh, right out of high school, we uh, I played in a basketball league, and uh, 
you know, uh, I played with a lot of the college kids up there, App State and, and everything, and we played in an open a men's basketball league. And, um, and we, we had a decent team, but we had one kid that played that. He, was a, he, he used to play for App State, but he, he didn't go pro, but he played college ball. You know, he's a heck of an athlete, man. And, and he, was, he was the best player in the gym, and he was on my team. I'm so glad he was on my team. <laughs> and, you know, when, when we show up to the gym, the problem with this guy, the problem with this guy was we never knew whether he was going to show up or not. You know, a lot of times we, we show up to the gym and play, and then somebody say, oh, well, you know, Billy's not going to be here today. You know, oh, man, you know. Or if they said, Billy, yeah, Billy will be here in a few minutes, it's like, whew, you know. Because when he walked in, you know, our confidence was up here. You know, Billy wasn't there. It was down here somewhere. You know, and when Billy played, we won. When Billy didn't play, man, we lost a lot. Because Billy was the best player. But what I'm saying is this. When, when we knew that he was there and when he, when he walked in and he had our jersey on and we were, we, we were standing beside him on the basketball court, man, our confidence was through the roof. And you know what? When you understand who you are in Christ, there's nothing that can shake your confidence. Because you know the best one, the greatest one, the one who is greater than anything you'll ever face is standing right here. He's on your team. He's for you, not against you. And he's there for your benefit. And he's there to make sure that you win. And he's there to make sure you're an overcomer. He's there to make sure you come out on top every time. He's there. And he is right there with you every time. But you know what? If you don't know Him, and you don't know that He's with you, you could leave Him standing on the sidelines and you out there trying to do it in your own strength, getting beat half to death. All the while, He's standing right there just saying, you know, hey, I'm over here. Just ask. Just, just you know, get a revelation of who you are. And all of a sudden, things change. Your whole identity will change when you know who you are in Christ. Amen? The supernatural becomes natural to us. Because when we start relying on Him, when we start, when we start saying, Jesus, I have to have you in every part of my life, for the big decisions, the little decisions, everything, then, then your whole identity will change. Next week we're going to see, I, I, was, I was trying to get to it this week, but next week we're going to see why that's, you know, how that happened. How, how because of Adam's sin, you know, it got messed up, but because of Jesus' obedience, He straightened it out. And when you understand that, when you start getting an understanding of, of the, the legal aspect behind that, then you start knowing. See, because people all the time say, well, I just don't know whether, that's, I, just don't know whether I can believe that or not. Well, if you understand why, then you can believe it. Amen. You know, and, and knowledge, listen, understanding revelation... Gives you, gives, you, gives you an advantage of knowing who you are. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me just for a moment. <clears throat> we'll, we'll unhook right there. You know, the, the, the only way that you can access the supernatural, the only way that you can access the things of God is to have a relationship with Him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, none of that is available to you. Because it's only available to those that believe. And if you're here today and you don't, have a, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I would love to introduce you to Him. I would love to, 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 to you know, talk to you about Jesus and, and what He can do for you. 
But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I don't have, I'm not a Christian. I don't have a relationship with him. But I would like more information. I would like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up? I'd love to be able to pray with you. Love to be able to, to share the gospel with you, anybody at all. Let's stand to our feet. If you, if you have a, a, need, a, prayer need of, a prayer need of any type, and you say, Pastor, I just want you to pray for me and, and uh, agree with me about something, Stacy and I would love to be able to pray with you. We, you know, we want to agree with you and, and love on you. If you have a prayer need of any, of any type, we want to invite you to come down and we want to pray with you. Anybody at all have any type of need? You, can, you might say, I need to rededicate my life, or I need prayer for healing, or I need... Uh, you know, I just need God to touch me. Whatever the case may be, we want to we want to invite you down and and pray with you. And as we pray for these that come down, just stay in the attitude of prayer with us and uh, agree with us. And as we pray for these, Um, while I was praying for her, just one thing and we're going to go. But while I was praying for her, the Lord just told me he's doing some things in people's heads today. And here's what I heard him say. It just, I mean, as soon as I laid hands on Denise, we was praying about something totally, I mean, you know, not even relating to that necessarily. But I just heard the Lord say that, that he is opening ears, opening eyes, that he's clearing uh, things in the head like a fogginess, and that people that like headaches and and uh, sinus problems that that he was healing that vertigo he's healing that and just that anything to do with the head anything in the the head area if you're having any, any type of problem with that whatsoever just receive that right now and just just you have the mind of Christ clearness of mind uh, you don't get dizzy you don't get you you're not you can you can see you can hear and just any anything uh, your your mouth uh, your sinuses in the name of Jesus, we just call all that taken care of. In the name of Jesus. He's touching that and healing that right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory. 
That's good. Well, that's you. You can just grab hold of that and just receive that. That's a good word. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We have prayer tonight at 6. Come back if you can be back at 6. And then uh, Wednesday night, remember, Brother Lonnie Hilton will be here. We encourage.